Welcome back to the Host Podcast, a podcast all about HBO's Westworld. I am Doug Norrie, that is... James Davis. And we are going to be talking about uh, Episode 8, Trace Decay, coming off of Episode 7, which we pretty much agreed, and I think universally agreed, that uh, was the best episode of the season. Episode 7, just a lot was left on the table. And then we get into Episode 8. Initial thoughts, buddy, on episode eight. I mean, it's really hard to sometimes come down off of a off of one like Trump Louis. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. Um, but <laughs> what did you? Uh, you can give me like a grand overarching idea, and then we can get down into like the nitty gritty. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in terms of the arc of the overall show, uh, this one was certainly a little bit slower, but that's that's normal after you know big reveals of a previous episode. Basically, they can't just do you know, end, end a story arc or end a big mystery or answer a question after every single episode. So this was definitely more in the opening up more questions vein. And I think that's good. I mean, I, I thought it was a strong episode, uh, some good backstory building. There wasn't a lot of hard hitting action or aha moments or anything, but they can't all be that way. And, and I was, I was happy during it. I mean, honestly, episode seven is the kind that usually is like the penultimate episode of ma- most major shows. Like those, like those, those kind of episodes, those huge ones with like the, like the, oh my god, I can't believe this happened. That's usually, I mean, I could be wrong about this, but I tend to think those usually happen as like the second to last episode of, of a season for a show, and then you kind of come down onto like the normalization of the last one, yeah, they, the declining action, as it were. Yeah, yeah, they threw it in uh, four episode four in, so I'm excited to see what happens because we only have two episodes left after this one. Um, I know. So, which, but the, yeah. the Westworld was picked up for a second season, so people don't have to worry about that too much. But yeah, this first season, I mean, it, it's hard to figure out which storylines they're going to kind of put a bow on and which ones they're going to leave open for us. I mean, there's so many questions, right? Like the identity of the man in black, this Wyatt situation, the maze, um, what's really going on with Bernard, there's Arnold, uh, what happened to Elsie. Like there's just so much Maeve storyline. Like is she going to recruit an army and overtake the park in two episodes? <laughs> well, they put a so, blood, they put a bloody, they put a bloody bow on two of the characters already. But um, the, this one Okay, so Trace Decay, Trace Decay is the idea of, okay, the, the term Trace Decay is about, um, like, your memory fades, right? So, like, you, in human beings, uh, memory fades over time, and it just gets less strong. It's why you can't remember stuff as a kid. Pretty obvious. Um, like, it, well, it's actually funny because it's called a theory, but it just seems true. <laughs> I mean, unless you have a photographic memory, um, just that memories just do fade over time, and it's harder to remember. And this episode was mostly just about, um, what the characters remember in terms of the host. And that's really been a theme of most of the show, honestly, as like the memories of the host come back. And, um, you know, I think we're, we can, we can understand that we're dealing with the idea of memories that Ford and man in black, I'm, I'm focusing on the two, maybe human main characters. Um, so, but this episode does deal a lot with, with memories and, and how they affect how the characters act. And I guess like the big one is Bernard. Bernard is having a bad day, you would say. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this guy's like, God, man, I'm having the worst day. <laughs> um, I don't know. He didn't seem to be that broken up when that uh, that guy from QA was talking to him about Teresa's death. So well, he seemed to be hanging in there and, and dealing with that pretty well. Emotional levels turned down to one. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so weird. Um, it was actually, I mean, you know, he does a he does a nice job there of, of acting out that scene because I actually thought that scene was fairly interesting and, and not an intuitive place to start with the episode, but at some point we gotta dive into the details stuff. So um so the guy's talking to him and, and he's asking Bernard, you know, hey man, if you want to take a day off, I think we would all understand. And then of course Bernard reflects back what Ford told him to, which is, you know, we had a, a professional 
if somewhat distant relationship sort of thing. And, uh, you know, the guy is rightfully suspicious. And then he goes on to ask Bernard about Elsie, too, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of a weird logical jump for him to make. Um, but w- what did you feel like during that scene? I thought it was coincidental that he asked about him and then he made an assumption because of it. So, like, I think he enters that Ashley is the, the security guy. I think Ashley enters that conversation thinking, um, I'm just going to talk to this guy one-on-one, you know, mano a mano kind of thing. And then as he gets toward the end of it, he realizes that something's up. So I don't think he went into the conversation with, like, investiga- investigative intentions. No, but... I don't think so either. But, but, but the, the instant jump to Elsie I thought was kind of strange, especially because it's not like... Oh, I guess oh, I guess he, he does mention that he's having trouble reaching Elsie specifically yeah, about yeah. this news, right? Right, yeah. And so, but I think by the end of it, he's like, hmm, something's up here because... This is, uh, you know, this is two people that he had been in contact with that are now gone. And Bernard doesn't seem particularly, I mean, this new version of Bernard, <laughs> um, I'll call it a new version as, you know, memory erased. Yeah, the new update, Bernard yeah. 3.17. <laughs> new update, Bernard doesn't really give a crap seemingly about like kind of about Elsie or Teresa or really anything that's going on. It's just kind of back to work mode. And I think for him, actually, that that probably sends off the, uh, sends off the red alert that, that something is, something's up here. So like he'll... I don't know if he's going to be the like the I don't know if he's going to be the ultimate one to sort of bring it down. It really feels it really feels like they're it, they, they position Ford and Bernard at least in in this place where it feels really difficult to think about how they would be like upended. You know, I mean really just Ford because Ford is let's say Ford just fully controls Bernard. So really Ford it feels really difficult to think how they would upend him at this point considering the power. I mean, I guess if they had I mean, we're really getting away from ourselves. I was going to say, I guess they're able to smuggle that data out. Let's, let's, um, let me go back to Bernard for a second. So he's um, he's sitting with Ford and he's asking Ford, um, you know, like, have you maybe done, have, have I done this before? And Ford's talking to him about how um, the humans and hosts really aren't that different. We kind of just go about our everyday lives and, and we're just told what to do. And this is, you know, we're not... Yes, you're a host, but are you really that different from us? And how he yeah, and big time comment on humanity, right? Like the most people just kind of go through their loops and rarely improvise, and so on. Right, and I guess he comments on how um, how he and Arnold sort of saw this differently in terms of how they wanted the host. Like I think Arnold saw maybe the the ability for the host to become more possibly, and and Ford maybe saw them as just kind of being the same, if not a little worse. Is that how you took that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I interpreted that conversation like totally correctly. Yeah, well, it's kind of ambiguous. I mean, we still don't totally know the difference between Ford and Arnold's motivations. Um, and Ford is so duplicitous that it's hard to take anything he says at face value outside of these conversations with Bernard, I would say, because he's just so dishonest, right? I mean, and he's also very cunning and savvy. So he seems to know when people are pulling the wool over his eyes or trying to skirt one around on him. Um, and uh, and then he offers up the very creepy quote from Frankenstein, which I had to Google, so right. don't pat myself on the back too much, but um, where he says, one man's life or death were but a small price to pay for the acquirement of the knowledge which I sought for the dominion I should requ- acquire. Um, and of course, the, of course, the nodding to Frankenstein, um, I think, you know, is another little thematic clue as to what the writers of the show think about Ford, which is that um, this is all not going to go that well, <laughs> basically. Right. Like, he thinks that, you know, maybe one man's life actually is a bigger price to pay than, um, than just uh, from what it seems to think it is, right? Because, um, you know, I, I think Bernard's having this crisis of conscience of, you know, having killed Teresa and been used as a pawn in that way. And, uh, and Ford doesn't see it that way. He thinks that everything they built there is just bigger than even one human being life. And he says, 
And, he, and you know, Bernard asked that, like, also creepy question of, how, have you ever asked me to do this before? And Ford says, of course not, Bernard. And then they show that quick flashback. And, I, I mean, I, you and I talked about it briefly off air, but I had to watch that, that scene four times to just try to confirm if it was Elsie, and I just simply couldn't. And then, I mean, did you have the same you had the same issue, right? Like, we just couldn't couldn't confirm yeah, it. Yeah, I, I finally, I, I did find a slowed-down version of it online and compared it side by side with a picture of her and it really i mean it would really be something if it weren't her i mean it's right. a white woman with long dark hair um we haven't seen her make like a scrunched up i'm dying face before so it's <laughs> hard to say for sure but um yeah it were i think we're led to believe that it's almost certainly her it would have to be her so we have to assume that he that he has now killed you know two of the people really the only two people we ever saw him have interactions with in the <laughs> in westworld uh, at all he's now taken out and, and killed so and and obviously still remembers too like that's the part like ford has thought that he has erased that part of his memory and he clearly hasn't and again that's well, like, that, and that's the interesting thing right so like bernard what i mean this interaction where ford asks bernard or, or tells him of course not and bernard flashes back to to that scene where he actually has hurt someone what are we led to believe are bernard's motivations there right because do we think that Bernard knew that in advance and was just kind of testing for it to see if he would be honest with him? Or do we think that after he asked and Ford said, of course not, then the flashback came, um, you know, kind of because it spurred up that memory in him. Yeah. It's interesting because the, the way they've, they've, the way they've used memories with hosts up to this point has something has been triggered the memory, right? Like they don't have, um, I mean, again, this is all like, uh, this is all somatic, like in terms of how they, how the director chose, chooses to display the, the information sort of so it's not it's not really totally clear i i tend to think with the host all these memories are triggered and that was just triggered like he's like have you ever asked me to do it before no boom i get triggered i do remember mm -hmm. that i did i i see what you're saying it makes sense like oh i'm testing for to see if he's telling me the truth or not they both make sense to me i just thought it was the 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 former not the latter but I, they both they both fall into the either one would make sense yeah, I think I feel I, I guess I get the sense that maybe Bernard, I don't think it's going to be as easy for Ford as, well, I have Bernard and I'm just going to build out my robot army of people who all agree with me. Like it just doesn't it seems like that would be a little too straightforward and that there's more reveals to come there. And actually, in that same vein, um, what do you think about the like? So the idea with Elsie, right? So right now we have her just off on vacation. And theoretically, she's going to be coming back at some point. Do you think that Ford is going to make a host Elsie? Like maybe that was even the the host that was being drummed up in Ford's basement there. Yeah, that was that was somebody, right? Like somebody is being spun out in Ford's creepy personal host basement. Uh, so do you think that's the direction we're going to see? Like, do we does Elsie come back on screen at some point in the future? By the way, Ford calls that his man cave. So like, uh, <laughs> right. He watches the Patriots game down there. Yeah. It's like, uh, sometimes I'm down there watching the game and having a brew. And sometimes I'm just like, you know, recreating a former human that I've killed. And now I just want to send back to work for me. You know, it's a man cave, it's true man cave style. No, I think actually I hadn't, I hadn't really thought, I hadn't really thought about that. Actually, it would make a lot of sense. That would be a, it, cause it'd be a super creepy reveal to have her just kind of come back as a robot because she then, walks back into work. Exactly. Right. Because then it would be. Because then, then for him, it's just—I mean, not that he, as if he already doesn't have it, but it's just total license to commit murder. Because if you can commit murder and then and then have it so that the person actually shows back up in their form, then you are—I mean, all bets are off, kind of thing. I mean, again, all bets are off pretty much for him anyway. But 
I'm actually not that you've, I never thought about that, but now I'm convinced that's going to be the case. Damn. So, yeah, I, that's, a, that's a James theory. How about that? One of my that's one of my favorite things about this podcast is when I hear one thing, <laughs> or just my also my interpretation of shows in general is like where I hear one thing once and I'm like, well, now I'm totally convinced that's the case, and nothing's going to ever sway me off of it. Hey, told, we have a decent track record so far on Westworld, so yeah. We'll and we that. actually I, we had another one proven today, full lock stock. I'm pretty sure, I, but right. So I don't know about full proof. We can just dive right into it, probably. But I don't know if it's full proof, but man, it's pretty close. Now hold on, we'll stay on Bernard for one second. Let's just finish this okay. off character by character. Oh, that's a teaser. That's a professional <laughs> move right there. You're um, gonna have to hang on, folks. The the last thing I or I mean one other thing I was gonna say about Bernard was that the hosts we've seen that they like these memories don't come all flooding back at once. Like we've seen this with Maeve. It's taken her entire arc to sort of figure out her lot in life, basically, right? And it doesn't it, it seems conceivable that this is the same thing's going to happen for Bernard, right? Like it's just going to be it'll be it, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts so like it's just not and this might be take multiple seasons too right like it's not but we might we might we might not button up bernard by the end of this season that's been sort of like what we've been working for with Maeve. but that's going to be the thing is like how long can dad control his kid it doesn't stand to be that long it doesn't it wouldn't it wouldn't seem especially if bernard because ultimately bernard's more powerful than ford (laughs) <laughs> because he has the super theoretically brain. if he can never do go the mave route and get like those certain walkarounds reprogrammed right like that could be a like a season four thing spin where bernard finally figures out like, joins forces with mave and figures out how to overwrite his own code and ford tells him that's enough bernard and then he just bitch slaps him you know i'm just gonna pat myself about in the back again here about mave because that's exactly what i said last episode was like where i saw her route going i was like she's not just gonna leave the park the idea behind revolutions being someone walks back in and she even says it she's like i'm gonna get my army and i was like oh nice called it um because yeah, so feeling good about that let's talk about Maeve a little bit then she um that this this storyline is i think now i mean now that we've sort of gotten now that we've buttoned up this bernard thing and even that wasn't the most interesting storyline until the total reveal came this Maeve thing is really really interesting i think in terms of how she sees herself and because one thing we've seen about, especially with AI, um, I don't know if you ever seen this movie Ex Machina, um, but it's about AI. But it's the same it's the same kind of idea where it's like, man, the the host can really feel or make you feel like they care about you or they have your interests in mind too, like she does with these texts or like, you know, she's a little more threatening. But ultimately, when you have a a robot brain, you're only focused like on end goals, right? And if your end goal is this thing, then like you're just almost totally unstoppable, which is where she's like entering, she's sort of entering that realm of just being full-blown indestructible, sort of. If she, Especially if she's able to control the hosts, if she's able to fake shutdowns, if she's able to be conscious during what's where, you know, during the on and off peak times. I mean, is she, is she going to be able to be stopped? Like, is she going to meet her goal of getting out of the park? That's well, a little complicated, actually, um, for a number of reasons. Well, the first one, I think, is that uh, the people that run the park seem to be sort of aware of her going off the rails a little bit. Uh, so that's not ideal for her situation. Uh, the second thing is that they point to uh, these dead man's triggers that when they, or that's not the right right term exactly, but basically when they walk out of the park that they'll explode. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's got to figure out how to overwrite whatever code that is, um, like the in- invisible fence, as it were, <laughs> that's going to make her explode if she tries to run out. And so I think the conflict of, you know, she's got to figure out how to turn that off and get out of the park and get out of there before people just put her in the basement in the cold and turn her off completely. Like, um, 
you know, it's not going to be as easy as it looks, but it's certainly a nice first step that she can use verbal trigger to tell the other hosts what to do. That's a pretty sweet superpower. Well, you also have this parallel storyline of Lee and Charlotte reprogramming uh, Dolores's dad to walk out of the park with that information, with the, right, with right. the uploaded thing. So they need to find their own, they're trying to find their own workaround of that same exact problem of how to get this this other character out of the park. I have a feeling those two things, those two ideas merge at some point, right? Like the whatever solution he's trying to find in terms of programming and storytelling to get uh, him, the guy with the head full of all of Westworld's information uploaded onto him, I probably comes into, I would suspect comes into Maeve's storyline because they're just headed out. They want to be headed out in the same train. Well, he's going to ride the train. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I think that's a logical way for anyone to leave right because that's how the only definitive way we know that anyone gets out of the park like for all we know there are just walls at the end of the park like the truman show right, like right. We, we just don't even know what the edge of the park could possibly look like now we know that william and dolores have kind of reached the outer expanses of it but we definitely don't know for sure that um you know that you can actually physically walk out of the place Right, and like there's been there's been I, there's been theories that have said you know Westworld is just on another planet, you know, <laughs> like where you, there's not it's not just there's not a city on the other side of it. This just could be it could be like a space station somewhere. It's not it's just not a it's just not it's not a lock stock that it's actually just on Earth. So anyway, well, we still know nothing about, and, and I I believe that it's on Earth. I think that's a little bit fringy, but I do believe that it's purposeful that we don't know anything else about the rest of the world. Yeah, and like Maeve actually does herself a little dirty here because she's not able to. She's she shows actually she's not fully in control of everything at this point. Like she there's that scene where she's is sort of you know playing puppeteer of the of the town, leading into that heist and everything, and then she kind of walks out. But then she has those crazy flashbacks where she ends up stabbing or does she stab or shoot? She she kills the new Clementine. I can't remember which how she yeah, how she, she kills cuts her throat. Okay, right, and then so that's a clear okay. I'm not still not totally in control of this whole thing. Like I, there's again, this is where memories kind of screw you up, which is again the theme of the show. Is my I'm, I'm in control of all this other stuff, except that my memory just overtook this and and I have all this emotion now, and then I just kill this other host, and now now the red alerts are really really going off. So it, she's she's definitely a scary character in that sense. Well, she's got to be really scary. I mean, God, how scared are you with the, if you're those techs now? By the way, like the red haired tech and the Asian tech. I don't like. Are you? Yeah, not feeling super great probably after she cuts the guy's throat and then makes you cauterize it right there on the ground. Um, yeah, that's that's not what you were hoping would happen for sure. And and we've we've always we've joked a little bit about how it seems inconceivable that all this stuff would would be able to just kind of go on without anyone noticing with all these glass walls. There's just like no one ever around running this happening when when it's happening. <laughs> yeah, we have, and and so I I do think that in the old continuity era, like. Uh, what did they say? It's like a shift change, right? They're like, oh yeah, between the shift change, she slit the guy's throat and let him bleeding and screaming on the ground. And like, well, the next shift wasn't there yet, so <laughs> nobody picked up on it. Um, one point that someone made, and I don't know if it excuses some of the more glaring sort of weird continuity things, but uh, someone on Reddit made, I'll give him a shout out, Space Whiskey, I believe, uh, pointed out that there are a lot of really incompetent work environments out there where, like, you know, middle managers have no clue what the actual workaday people are doing and, you know, nobody really knows what's going on. And everything we know about Westworld is that there is that culture, right? I mean, you have Lee, who's one of the head writers, just peeing on one of the tables right. and, you know, like a QA and the behavior and all those people don't like each other and they don't really respect the work that one another does. So it's not a far stretch to believe that people wouldn't know 
just the, the actual day-to-day workings of the people outside of Ford, possibly. And maybe Ford is just cool with this all happening. Um, but yeah, it, it's not it's not that far-fetched to believe that this place is just like a lot of other big corporations where there's just a lot of people doing whatever and no one really, you know, the inmates are kind of running the asylum. And that has been like our running joke is they have gone out of their way to just make everyone incompetent. Like the, every, everyone's been bad at their job up until this point. Um, from security down to the story writers down to these guys, no one's really... Everyone's end of year review is going to look pretty rough, I would think, um, if, <laughs> if, if, if everyone's able to be honest with them. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, the red-haired tech gets called in, and he's like, uh, what am I going to say here? Um, all right, hey, how's it going? Uh, hey, Andy, is everything all right, man? you got a huge cut on your neck. <laughs> well, I, coincidentally, I feel like for this, I have one thing I could work on for next for next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have a couple things I could work on for next year. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so anyway, Maeve's, Maeve's story, I, I, I suspect that is where we're going with this next episode, where she shut herself down. Again, penultimate, penultimate episode coming up here, where she, the, I, I, I have a feeling her story, her personal story ends next episode, I think. Um, because I think that the final episode, they're going to want to focus more on Man in Black William stuff, which we can get to now, I think. But um, if I were to guess, I would not say it's the end of totally end of her story, but it's a it's either a reset of her story or she actually does get out. That's my guess for this next episode. I think they button the Maeve thing up uh, up here because I think that they want to finish off with something with William and uh, Man in Black. And the reason I grouped them together is because we've been sort of guessing, and a lot of people have been guessing about whether William and Man in Black are the same person. I've been pretty convinced of it. We've both been pretty convinced of it for a while now. And I think this episode, there was one thing that happened that pretty much hammered it home. And that was the, the girl that they found uh, after the, I don't know if she, was she tied up or was she injured? It was like after the raid, it's him and Teddy and they find the girl. Well, yeah, it was, they, they just like, again, happened across another scene and they're like, ah, oh, Ghost Nation or Wyatt or whatever. Then they find her on the ground and then the man in black says, Ah, Ford. He never couldn't help himself. Like he, he never wanted to throw away a pretty face. Something along those lines. And because she was, yeah. So well, we <laughs> we dug a little deep. We didn't notice right away, but we just come back through some old episodes and realize she was the host that greeted William when he first arrived in the park. So right. That seems like pretty in the old slam dunk, really heavy, heavy clue territory. Um, if you weren't convinced of the multiple timelines theory, at least, um, yeah, it sure looks like that's what's going on here. Yeah, that is uh, that that to me is the slam dunk that they're the same, that the same guy. I think, and again, I, I it would have been it would have been shocking to me at this point if they weren't like if these were all existing on the same timeline. I just wouldn't have. It almost wouldn't make sense at this point, right? I mean, definitely not. The, the other pretty compelling thought I had, I thought, was um, kind of call my own thoughts compelling. I was, awesome. was going to call you on that, but uh, but I'm glad you called yourself <laughs> That's on okay. that. We have, yeah, well, once we become better friends, you'll be able to call <laughs> me on stuff like that, but. Um, when William and Dolores are at that outer edge of the park that mm-hmm. we later learn is actually sort of like a host training camp. And this also brings up all sorts of crazy stuff like what, you know, what is Ford doing that involves this old church and the old host training area or whatever. But it's actually a more subtle thing where Dolores's timelines all are sort of laid out before us. So Dolores walks there in her present, right? So that's the moment we're seeing is her present. She has a flashback to the past where... Um, she's walking into that town and they're training the hosts, right? Um, 
where you know they they have Maeve and you know we we see her and they say her name and she's wearing her you know villager outfit and then we see the girl who is uh who has the snake tattoo Armistice I think is her name um you know she's dancing and she kind of walks off to the side and we that's pretty definitively the past right and then she flashes we have a flash forward to where she's there with William and a bunch of people are getting killed in the town too. Now, I believe that's probably uh, Wyatt coming through and, and kind of killing everyone in that town and raiding it. Perhaps what sets off Armistice story in the future. You know, we now know that some of these uh, bicameral hosts, the hosts with memories and reveries and so on, they do have sometimes a difficulty relieving themselves of their more traumatic experiences. So Armistice being reprogrammed as the gunslinging snake tattoo lady who wants to avenge all the people that have hurt her in the past. Uh, that would fit up there as well. Um, but we get this spread across these different timelines showing that, you know, at the very least we're seeing that there are at least these three timelines that exist across Dolores. And it really fits up with that also being further in the past. Cause it wouldn't, I don't think make too much sense for Dolores to be flashing forward to something that it existed in no timelines present on the show, if that makes sense. So like, um, basically I think that she's filling in some gaps between the William and Dolores of the past and the man in black future. And that to me, and the other thing is much more slam dunk in your face evidence. I think the fact that that woman was the host agreed to William, but mm-hmm. just, you know, the, the other subtle clues, the other <clears throat> continued world building leads me to believe that we just have to think that there's all these different timelines that we're going to, you know, get a big picture view on at some point. But where is she in the current timeline then? So p- picture it this way. So, that first training the host scene, call that like the first th- couple years of Westworld, right? Um, she flashes forward to the timeline with William, which is exactly 30 years before the the man in black is there. He talks about, I've been coming to this park for 30 years and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. He references that 30 years time for him several times. He also talks about how uh, he went out and met his wife 30 years previously when he has his come to God moment uh, when he's being tied up by Teddy there. And so I believe that that is exactly 30 years before the man in black. And then the scene with William and Dolores, you know, standing over all the bloodied bodies, that's that critical failure moment, uh, whether it was the Wyatt raid gone wrong or, you know, potentially when Arnold's killed, like we don't know exactly what's going on in that instance, but, uh, or we don't exactly, I think that's going to be the big reveal what happened in that big shootout time frame. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I believe that that that's like a few years or maybe even, even in the very near future, a couple of weeks in the future from where they are then. Okay, right. So then in the current timeline, Dolores has been just sort of left in the barn and is now, is she just still going about her everyday business? Like, because we haven't seen her. We basically, in that timeline, have not seen her again since she got dropped off. Right. Yeah, since so she this, got, is, this is where it gets confusing. I do believe that the man in black, This we actually have had multiple visits for him that's been represented in this show. I think that was the visit prior to the visit he's on now, because if you remember, he also kills Teddy in that visit, right? Uh, he kills Teddy and drags Dolores off to the barn. Then he comes back again. Now he gets the slightly new version of Teddy. Um, he's able to trigger Teddy's Dolores instincts to help him find the maze. And so Dolores is off just doing her loop or whatever. And Man in Black and Teddy are, you know, just okay. Yeah. So that's most of my question is like she just is she just running through her daily loops like she's yeah. just okay like because because I ha- think so. Well, the the average person is led to believe that she's off with Teddy right or uh, with William right now right. But we can't know definitively what she's up to because that would prove or disprove that theory one way or the other. Right, which is why we haven't seen her. And that's why the show has been very careful, I think, about not showing her in any other situation. And from that, since the time she was in the barn, she has not she's not been shown in any other thing. Cause I think the show again, wants us to believe she's on this present day loop though. 
mounting evidence that that's just clearly not the case. Yeah, if you're watching carefully, I think now that those thoughts are even starting to come online if you're not geeking out completely and going crazy on this show like right. we are. Yeah, and, and Dolores, okay, back to her and, and William kind of heading into that town. I don't know the name of that town, the staging town, I guess, the training town, whatever you call that place um, with the cross that that Anthony Hopkins had made reference to with Bernard early on in the season of saying this is going to be my new storyline. This does get it for me. My, I get a little twisted in terms of like sort of I, I'm st- I, I'm still a little twisted in the timelines, I think, about when like sort of when and where it's all happening. But um, yeah, it's OK. Though. I think it's I think they're going to pour that out for us. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where we're just going to have to sit back and embrace the fact that we're not going to have a clear picture until they ultimately really spell it out for us. Um, but I do think there was a couple more interesting little wrinkles with William and Dolores. Um, one of them was, well, and I, I talked about this earlier, but when she's think, dreaming up the story of her and William being there and everyone being dead in the town, and then she snaps to herself with a gun to her own head. Yeah. And then she actually puts the gun to her own head and Williams comes over and he says, now he's really convinced that he wants to get her out of there. And he's saying, hey, you know, this this place isn't good for you. You know, you have memories, bad ones. And then Dolores says something like, this is what Arnold wants. He wants me to remember. And then he says, William says, Arnold's not here, but I can get you out of here. Um, and she says, I was certain that this place, uh, Arnold would meet me here. And and then we're kind of, they kind of move on. And then Logan, I think, appears and you know, rustles them up and we don't know what's going to happen from there. But um, I do think, you know, putting a putting a period on what's going to happen with William and Dolores is going to really teach us a lot about Arnold as well, because like clearly, and I think it's actually going to circle back around on the man in black story too, because I do wonder if like the man in black and Arnold, uh, the reason he resonates so deeply with him is because William's goals all those days ago were like to actually get Dolores out of there. And I think one of the big things that's going to happen here is that we see Dolores kind of explode as she tries to exit the park and William be devastated and, you know, never be able to sort of recreate that loop where he makes it all the way out with Dolores. And so the reason the man in black is so desperate to find the maze is because he never gets Dolores out in the first place. You know, he really wants to. Then he goes off and he leads this, you know, he's a titan of industry and a philanthropist or whatever. (laughs) But he never really becomes totally satisfied. And so the reason he keeps coming back to Westworld is because... Because he felt so close to getting Dolores out of there in the first place. And when she mentions the name Arnold to William in those days, the man in black is still holding on to that all those years later. And that's why when he talks about real stakes, real violence, he wants to make sure not not only that he connects with Arnold somehow, but that he actually just gets Dolores out of there, seeing her as like the love of his life kind of. And do you see the maze as like that is the that could be the exit? Like the maze actually is the way that you exit the part? Like a host can yeah, exit we, the part? They, they've nodded to that before, right? I mean, the old Bernard scene with Dolores where he says, um, there is one way to get out. You know, like if you want to be free, we can find you the maze. And again, that I I still believe that the, the old Bernard theory where Arnold is actually Bernard right. and they're one and the same, uh, or that old Arnold turns into new Bernard. Uh, it's very confusing when you can recreate people as robots. But, oh, yeah. Uh, but I do believe that that's actually what's going on here. And... The maze, the actual nature of the maze, you know, we have this representation of it, the drawing. Um, I don't know what the actual nature of the maze winds up being. I think it's still something that Ford doesn't even know. So as viewers, we're probably not going to know just yet either. But um, yeah, I do think that's where that's all heading. Yeah. And let's just finish off here with the man in black, because we get his little soliloquy about why he's come back to come back to Westworld for what he says is his final time. I felt that whole thing, his, his speech to Teddy... I mean, it was good to know, 
Well, so right when he says, like, I'll tell you my background or something like that, I'm like, oh, nice. We're going to get some ba- – finally get a little background on this guy. And then yeah, he kind of just – My name was William Wallace. Right. He just kind of gives, like – he just gives these like, these total generalities about his life. And then the story about his wife committing suicide or, you know, dying and then the daughter just blaming him. And that kind of all happens pretty quickly. And then he just, like, leaves his life. I felt like that was just so unsatisfying in terms of yeah. giving us information. I mean, it gave information, I guess – but nothing well, we find out his motivations for kind of going black hat at the park, right? Like, you know, he had always pictured himself as this certain kind of guy and, you know, you know, believed, I guess, the story he was telling himself of being this really awesome guy has this crazy moment where his wife dies and his daughter blames him at the funeral. Also seems kind of implausible. But that, whatever. That's more we'll what I mean. <laughs> like, it's the more... like, well, just kind of weird, like, you know, picturing that ever happening in reality where your daughter would say that to you at the funeral you'd have to be pretty out of touch but you know someone who gets so you know if this is a commentary on gamer culture someone who gets so wrapped up in this game this world of westworld and never really gets back in touch with reality like maybe their wife would be unsatisfied even if they were a titan of industry etc etc right so or if she um, knew if she knew that he just had another person that he loved which is if he was secretly in love with a robot (laughs) right that'd be somewhat upsetting like i really love (laughs) i really about that actually (laughs) feeling super bummed about loving this robot that i just can't go that i just she can't come home because she'll blow up blah 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 you've heard the story a thousand times you know (laughs) like so he says that you know his wife could see the dark side of him that he couldn't even see in himself. Um, so he tried to go back to Westworld, he says, to prove her wrong, right? And then he again references another William thing, just again another ham-fisted clue where he says, that's what this place still is, right? The place that reveals your true self, which is exactly what William said in what we now know is his first visit. Um, but he says he's going to create his own storyline. He finds a homesteader, and he wants to see what he's truly made of, to see if he could even do something truly evil. Um, and then... You know, of course, that ties in the Maeve storyline where Maeve's character, like her emotions overrode even the physicality of her own, you know, robot body where she mm-hmm. was able to, like, keep living even though her robot was dead. And then she goes in and she's yelling at the the techs and all that stuff. Just kind of a pretty insane scene, actually. But um, for the man in black, it reveals that he hadn't been this black hat dude all along, that this was his first time ever going that route. And I don't know what we're led to believe, what, that he liked it or that... Um, he found it unsatisfying because it sure looks like up until that point that he's kind of enjoyed playing God and killing the hosts and being a badass. But um, I'm not really sure what we're supposed to make of that as his initial motivation for going blackout. It seemed a little like non sequitur to me. I, like it, I, I get it because you need to give him, you need to have like this turning point for him. And if that's supposed to be the ultimate turning point from him going, you know, good guy to full bad guy, it makes sense that it's with another character who's having these, just makes sense from like a plot way to have this other character who's remembering this stuff sort of have it tied in together. Like it need not, it needn't have been Maeve, but it's convenient that it was and her kid that she's also remembering. I think they did it like sort of out of convenience for that. I don't know if it like tells you a whole lot about him, except that he's just like a screwed up sad guy maybe. Yeah, um, that's true. And, and I mean, I guess like the bigger the plot point that that pushed along was actually about the maze, right? Because um, when he says she was alive, truly alive, if only for a moment, and that's when the maze revealed itself to me. And of course she's lying there in again, a physical representation of the maze. And we're left to wonder, you know, is this why Maeve was reprogrammed in the first place, right? Because she had finally become truly alive. Uh, She takes on these human emotions. Um, You know, Ford refers to this when he's talking to Bernard earlier in the episode, uh, talking about how he was capable of these huge emotions, you know, more than just hatred and love and whatever. And so when Maeve becomes fully alive in that moment, and he says, that's when the maze revealed itself to me, 
is that is this is it this internal maze right like when the hosts actually become free is when they unlock this portion of themselves that lets them kind of transcend even their physical body right uh like Maeve figured it out in that case based on trauma like her superpowers come online because of a traumatic instance like that's that's a common trope in sci-fi and fantasy in the past as well so um i think yeah i think there was more of a reveal about the maze and where you know anthony hopkins or anthony hopkins ed harris's character is looking than it was perhaps about his own backstory and right and like the the maze revealing itself was figurative i know we saw it like i don't think like the gardener like went over the lawnmower and like mowed the grass into the maze she didn't walk in that exact pattern to cut it into the dust right right, no no i think it was just it was that was clearly supposed to be just like a figurative way of, of looking at that the reveal so that you can see I mean, so anyone that just can't tell already that, you know, the maze reveals itself. Yeah. So he was thinking about this maze. It's been left in his mind forever when he first learns of Arnold and first learns about the fact that maybe hosts can be free when he's there as William in the past. And then now he's just trying to figure out, okay, well, what's uh, what's really going on with this maze thing? And when he goes back and kills Maeve, that's when he realizes maybe that, hey, maybe I can get Dolores out of here. Or maybe there is a deeper game, uh, you know, of bringing these robots on as, as fully intelligent or fully human somehow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an open book. I like that, that storyline could really go anywhere. Of course, now he's captured by Wyatt and, you know, we learn, uh, from that woman who was the introductory host, who's now one of Wyatt's crew that, you know, Teddy, we want to welcome you back into the fold and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, well, right. She welcomes back in by, by killing him and which has been kind of a theme by, uh, all of the all of the companions that the man in black has kind of picked up along the way uh, in the, in his little final journey here have all died as he reaches like a new stage. Um, each one of them just kind of gets killed, and he picks up another one, and then he so Teddy gets killed here, and now and he gets surrounded by those Wyatt men. I have a question: Do you think those Wyatt men are hosts or humans? Yeah, well, that's I think we're left to wonder about that too because there's actually a scene where the man in black goes to shoot one of them, and the bullets bounce off. Yep. And so then, but then he cuts the guy's throat. <laughs> so then it's like, uh, are we just killing other guests? Like what the hell is going on here? Um, but I'm not really totally sure. Honestly, I was actually wondering at one point earlier, cause they just have kind of have this different feeling about them. If they're people that are kind of just going rogue completely, like, mm-hmm. you know, like guests that have gone off the reservation or, you know, they're kind of attacking the edge of the park and really causing real life problems. Like I'm, I'm not totally sure. So, well, I was wondering too, like if, if, if we work off like different timelines, if like, for instance, a guy like Logan, if we found out he was like part of Wyatt's crew way, way in the future, you know what I mean? Like if we found out like Wyatt's crew was, cause they, they clearly seem intent on continuing keeping Logan. It's like in, in and around the storyline. Like he's the guy that turns in Dolores and, and William uh, he's the guy that picks them up near the end, says, oh, you guys are so screwed or whatever. And just another totally terrible line <laughs> written for, for that scene. Yeah. But um, I was like wondering, I was like, if those guys that are wearing, I can't even describe their outfits, but whatever those outfits they're wearing are, um, if those guys are human, because, right, those bullets bouncing off them don't, don't do anything, which makes sense. They're not real bullets, right? So you're, sure. you're fine there. And they're like programmed to kill hosts, but not to kill people. Right, exactly. Or maybe, but 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 if they're actually, you know, humans and they don't care about actually killing people, you know, like maybe they were willing to maybe just kill the man in black there, um, if if need be, like if that was the way it was going to go. Like I was wondering if those guys are human, and I wonder if we see a return of like Logan in that form, like because that guy, obviously, his whole mantra was go as black hat as possible, right? Like he always just wanted to go more and more evil and more and more, you know, bad every single time he went. They've made they've hammered that point home with us over and over and over with him. And I wonder if like this, this group 
that is supposed to be like as evil as it gets. I don't know. I just wonder if he's part of it. I, I'm, I'm kind of making that up, but I but they have just they have kept him around the story way longer than I ever thought they would. So now I'm just wondering if they're going to keep yeah, sure. keep him around. Yeah, yeah, and you know it could be that welcoming Teddy back into the fold means that they actually have some knowledge about like you know we'll kill this version of you and we'll get the other version back of you where you're going to come in and and rejoin our crew. Like it's yeah, it's uh, it, there's so much open ended stuff leading into the last two episodes that I am pumped, Doug. I am very pumped. All right, that's it for us. We are The Host Podcast, a podcast all about HBO's Westworld. We will be back next time to discuss Episode 9, The Well-Tempered Clavier. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Everyone have a good Thanksgiving. If you're in the States, we have an international audience, so not everyone's going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. But uh, eh, we'll talk to you again next time. All right, buddy. Adios. (laughs) 